There's a voice that keeps on calling me. Down the road is where you'll find your tea. Every stop she makes, she'll make a new friend. Can't stay for long, just turn around and she's gone again. Maybe tomorrow she'll want to settle down. Until tomorrow, she'll just keep moving on. What do you think? You're a bastard. Salutations and welcome to another episode of the Native Immigrants Podcast. I'm your host, Swami Barakas, and once again, as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Mrs. Barakas, Jojo underscore B. What's going on, Jojo B? I'm all good, thanks. How are you? Yeah, not bad, yeah. Not bad at all, man. Not I think bad, the uh, jet lag's finally wearing off. Yeah, we finally come to some kind of normality with our day-to-day uh, living life. I'm getting a seven, eight hour sleep, like yeah. a bad man. And we've got our minds back. Although you slapped me in the middle of the night the other night, <laughs> like I? right in the face. <laughs> and I, I kind of turned around and I was like, like, where was the need? You know, like, Jorty, why? And then... Um, Should I tell them why? Why? <laughs> What's so funny? Why are you laughing? I was fast asleep and then, um, and I was facing you. And you kind of like turned round to face me and then snored really loudly in my face I, yeah. and woke me up. And then I turned over and I thought, you know what, he'll just stop. And then he, you didn't stop. And I didn't mean to hit you in the face. I didn't realise I'd even hit you in the face. Don't I just even. kind of turned around to nudge you. And, and at the same time, I went, no. <laughs> and I hit you really hard. Yeah, that was, uh, it was quite a, a vociferous punch. Um, cause it kind of, the worst thing with me, cause I'm quite a light sleeper as well. So as soon as I got slapped, I was like, shit, so I can't even go back to sleep again either. And my, my man nods back off again. Do you know what I mean? Like, as it was, like it was nothing. I need my sleep. So really for one of us, it's pretty much back to some kind of normality. Whereas because I keep getting slapped in the sleep and, uh, having to, you know, trying to get back to some kind of normality, I'm still on New Zealand timing. Oh, the violins are playing for you, love. You know what? This I've been tra- saying it to her for a while. I think we finally at that, are at that point in our relationship where we should have separate beds. You what? Um, because like for me, like I I kind of get sleep, but then you occasionally you know take all the duvet. Um, you know sometimes take my pillow. Sometimes take it right in the middle of the bed, so I'm just like, what are these lies? It's all, all lies. true. It's, it's all, all lies. True. It's all true. And, Whatever. And so, you know, I'm thinking separate beds, two two single beds in the room rather than one king size. Um, like Bert and Ernie. Like Bert yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gee, Bert. Good night, Bert. Or am I, am I Ernie? I, who, Ernie was the guy with the... T- okay, so Ernie's got the, um, the, the normal hair and then Bert's got that like big like quiff, like, like spiky quiff. Yeah. So I'm neither really because I don't have any hair. But I like to think Bert, Bert, remember had that like renaissance back in the old, uh, in like the, the early days of the internet where he'd just be like with all the biggest world leaders around the world. And they used to Photoshop him with all those images, <laughs> you know. So, you know, if any one of us is really going to make it on a global scale, it's Bert. So I, I feel like I'm the Bert of this relationship. Well, no, 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 stop, stop this. I'm a fan of Sesame Street. Bert and Ernie were not together. 
they were just good friends that yeah, didn't mind spending yeah. the room. Why is why is it so? Why is it wrong for two heterosexual males to share a room? And that, they had separate. They had two separate single beds, and everyone was like, "Oh, they're together though." You know, if they were, great, no problem with that at all. But they were just two good mates that just decided to share a room together. Why is that wrong? Is that what you want us to be? We're good friends, no? Two good mates sharing a room together. Oh, bruv. How's it going, mate? You are right? No? No! <laughs> Alright, it's not going to work, basically. I'm going to try I'm gonna try my worm away around. No! Until we have a mansion, and I can have the, the West Wing, and you can have the East Wing. Right. You can keep that idea La Casa, Baraduca, La Casa Barracuda. Whatever you want to call it. So it's still named after me, then? West Wing, East Wing... No wings. <laughs> they just what we've got right now. Yeah. So yeah. We're, there's no Red Bull here, fam. Uh, anyway, look. So we're, um, yeah. So we're another episode of the Native Immigrants Podcast. This is the is first that why time. We're here? This is the reason we're here, yeah. <laughs> we, um, this is one of the first few shows where we've actually got no notes. We're just going to go into this and just like comp- freestyle it. So we have, we are going to wing it. We are introducing wings. There is a wing here. This oh, yeah. is gonna be, this, we're going to wing this show. Um, so, um, but what we're going to talk about first and foremost, this is exciting times, Jojo V. What are you going to say? Exciting times for you and me. Um, we've got a very, very special announcement. And I was going to wait till the end of the show. Uh-huh. But I feel like because people are already have switched off after the first three minutes and we might have... 10 or 20% of people that are still listening in right now. And because you can't keep a secret. I can't keep a secret, no. You know, I'm terrible. Ke- Actually, no. Who's awful <laughs> at keeping secrets, Jojo V? I am amazing at creating a surprise, but I'm not great at keeping it a surprise. No, you can Because I have to tell someone it. how amazing it is. And it's usually you that I tell these things to. So if it's a surprise for you, it doesn't work. Yeah, but I've never, I've, I've still yet to have a surprise from Jojo V. What this comes down to is a few years ago, it was it was my birthday um, and Jojo B decided, do you know what? I'm going to go all out. I'm going to surprise him and I'm not going to tell him what we're doing or where we're going or anything. This so, is our first birthday with us together, wasn't it? As a, as a couple, yeah. yeah. And um, it it was going so well for about a week. And then she couldn't even keep the secret for a week after telling me this. And she just blurted out that she's taking me to Anfield and to Liverpool um, for my birthday. I was, I was obviously completely overawed with happiness, but also a tad sad that my wife can't keep a secret. And I can't even, I can't even look forward to something on the day. You know, you wake up, you know, like when like children have Christmas day and they kind of wake up and they're just like, oh my God, it's Christmas day and I'm going to have a present today. I'm so looking forward to it. And uh, and then they go downstairs uh, and the, and they see that gift and it's just like wow, I'm I've never had that because Jojo B just gives up everything within a short period of time. Um, it happened again this year as well, didn't it? Yeah, <laughs> lightning didn't think could strike twice in our household, <laughs> but it slapped me twice in the face. So this year I have quite a big birthday coming up, which I'll explain to everyone later on when we get closer towards the summer. And my dear wife decided to surprise me again by telling me I'm taking you on an amazing lo- amazing location, amazing holiday. I'm not going to tell you what it is. It's going to be a complete surprise. You're going to find out on the day. And then she dropped it to me a week later. 
that uh, you know, the the common theme between these two things is that I shouldn't speak when I'm really tired um, because I don't know what I'm saying. And both times, I think I didn't realize that I actually said it. Yeah. So if you're a person that's that's close to Jojo B and um, you know, and you feel like you've told her a secret that she really has to keep hold of and not tell anyone. Chances are that secret's already reached either I me really or everyone else in our friend circle because her secret, you know, keeping skills are atrocious. I used to be much better at this. I used to be so much better at it. But yeah, I lost all my skills when I got together with you. Old age does that to you, fam, you know. Um, but, you know, like I said, she's uh, she's not great at keeping secrets. But me, on the other hand, I'm amazing at it. So for all those weeks, I've been tell- telling everyone there's a great announcement coming up and I'm going to finally reveal it to people I think, should we have another drum roll here? Yeah, why not? Drum roll, please. The native immigrants are going to be on Tom Robinson's show on BBC Six Music. Woohoo! Man, that is an awesome bit of news, Jojo B. It's, it's pretty mega. Yeah, you know, our little podcast of the two of us bantering and bickering away is going to make it onto... Uh, a national mainstream radio station and we're going to be talking about it and discussing it um and, and not only that he actually let us pick some music oh my god <laughs> they the nation's gonna listen to the music that we like and that we picked it's crazy it's literally like the lunatics running the asylum because we got a free reign on whatever music that yeah. we wanted to showcase and and uh, explore. Uh, a lot of it also to connected with our actual podcast. Our actual podcast is a British Asian podcast. So we chose some British Asian tracks, you know, because we thought BBC Six Music's not going to get a chance to showcase a lot of this material. So we thought we'd do our part and showcase some of this. And I think we did well. I think we did extremely well. I think this is one of the best hours of radio you'll hear this time this year and when's it on love it's going to be on this saturday at 9 p.m uh is what tom robinson's show uh, is going to kick off and i think we come in in the last hour so from i think 11 to 12 is when we're going to be on but you know what support tom robinson he is an absolute mentor of mine he i love this guy he's um, helped me out so much in my career and continues to do that and continues to develop me as an artist, but now also as a podcast host. Um, and so I'm extremely grateful. So listen to the whole show because you'll hear some amazing music from artists that you may never have heard of. Um, but that's who I was when when I was first showcased on BBC Six Music. I was this, an independent, unsigned artist looking for a chance, looking for a break. And you know what? He gave that to me and I'm eternally grateful um, and, you know, the fact that he's got you on this show together with me, Jojo B. What do you mean me? I've, you know, like this platform is something that I've given you. And now you're, you're pretty much. You've a, given me this platform. You're pretty much a, a, a mainstream household name because <laughs> of the uh, Native Immigrants podcast. And, um, you know, you're welcome. I've got equal share in this. Thank yeah. you very much. Equal your ability, music's your stuff. Not. You do your music thing. The talking and the podcasting. We're in this together, love. Yeah, but you need to, you know, like show some talent. Show uh, some talent. Yeah. What do you mean? You, you know, you need to. Like, this I'm, is talent. Everything about me is talent. Right. 
Anyway. How dare you? So, anyway. so offensive. Um, so this uh, this Saturday coming up, uh, we will be on BBC Six Music. Make sure you tune in because it will be something Aren't spectacular. Are we on his podcast as well? We will be indeed. Yes, Tom Robinson's podcast that comes out after his show. Uh, they will be discussing our show on there, which is amazing. So what we're going to try to do is we, it's like a cross podcast uh, promotion thing. We're going to promote yeah. his podcast and he's there to promote ours. Yeah. So, so listen. Know, listen in on Tom Robinson's podcast because you might hear some amazing music and you might even hear something from us, which I think is outstanding. Thank you, Tom Robinson. Salute to Tom Robinson. It's an amazing gesture. Um, and also coming up, <laughs> which this is this is uh, going to be music to Jojo B's ears. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, so I, if you heard our very first show, uh, episode one, you'll have uh, known that this whole podcast for me was a chance for Jojo B to uh, <laughs> reclaim her rightful place on the throne of Spice FM Newcastle as the queen of the Tyneside airwaves. Who are the two? And lo and behold, Spice FM have granted us a one-off show on their station. Yay! It's happened, Jojo B. I'm going to be back on Spice. It's, it's finally happened. How do you feel about this? I'm really happy. It's been a long, long time. And I treasure my time that I spent on there as the breakfast show host with um, Sandeep. Jojo and Sand on the breakfast show. Jojo and Sand. <laughs> <laughs> it just sounds like the it worst was... TV detective show ever. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a great breakfast show. Okay, I'll take your word for it. I'll... We had a lot of fun. I, uh, yeah, well, let's see if there's actually anyone that still remembers you from the listenership uh, when you're back on there. But either way, we're going to be recording uh, like a one-off show for Spice FM. And who knows? Who knows what could come who from that? Who knows where it could lead? Could it be Jojo B back on the Spice FM <gasps> airwaves? Could we move to Newcastle and afford to buy a lovely big house? You see what happens when I dangle the carrot in front of Jojo B's face and she starts coming up with crazy, ridiculous things. We could buy a lovely big house that wouldn't cost us a million pounds. No, a million pounds would pretty much buy us Newcastle. So, um, um, I don't think so. I think for us, you know, we're... I don't think so. It, it would mean we'd have to live in Newcastle. And I think, um, you know, that that's... Greatest city ever. Compared to... Everywhere? Nowhere. Everywhere. Sunderland's better than Newcastle. <gasps> right, so so we'll be back on... Uh, I want a divorce. We're going to be on Spice FM. So exciting developments happening for the Native I Immigrants Podcast. I believe you just said that. Exciting developments happening for the Native Immigrants Podcast. Why are you giving me that face, Jojo V? Jo I'm so disappointed in you. So disappointed in Jojo you. Jojo V is quite funny because uh, just, just now she had on, um, because she just uh, washed her hair and she likes to keep her curls, she had on like, um, she was almost like a bandana thing going on around her head. But it left this like massive hump at the back of her head. So she almost looked like the alien from the alien films. <laughs> Um, are you it, just full of compliments today aren't you no you're otherwise you're a very uh, do you dynamic, know what you can sleep in the other room dynamic beautiful woman that you are um, it's just this particular don't moment don't backtrack now I'm not backtracking whatever don't don't say I don't shower you shower you with amazing oh, just get on with it will you empty empty words that you have to say they're not empty they are they're, they're hollow words they're words of love no they're not you don't love me 
<laughs> if you can see Jojo V's face right now, it's a uh, it's a treasure. Do you know what I'm more offended by the fact that you said that Sunderland was better than Newcastle? That's what I'm more offended by. You can say what you like about my hair being up in a bun or whatever. That's whatever. Right. How dare you? Um, I'd like to. I'd like to think. Not that, when you know, you're married to a Geordie, you can't say those things. Right. But you know, married a Mackham, shouldn't you? Well, anyway. You'll get a chance to hear more from Jojo B and myself on the other side if she decides to come back to a microphone. See you in a bit, people. Welcome back to the second half of the Native Immigrants podcast. Um, before we continue on to this program, just short disclaimer from some words that were used in the first half of the show. I, Swami Barakas, uh, would like to formally apologize to the people of Newcastle and its surrounding areas for saying that it would be the lesser of its local rival Sunderland. This is not necessarily the case. Um, there's a lot of positives about Newcastle. Some great things, um, most of which being my in-laws that live there and also surrounding friends and family. Newcastle is an amazing asset to the UK landscape and it should forever be noted as a jewel in the British crown. Salute to you, Newcastle. Well groveled, my love. Well groveled. Do I still get my roti now? Yeah, you do. See, that's all it takes, people. That's literally all it takes to get on the right side of Jojo B. <laughs> Just like, you know, put over Newcastle for a couple of minutes and she's literally putty in your hands. I'm not saying that to any guys out there that, you know, could potentially get some uh, some ideas. Because uh, I'm a one-man woman. Thank you very much. The girl is mine. Um, but yeah, so welcome back to the second half of this show. Uh, Jojo B. Yeah. What's good? All good here. Now yeah. we are anyway. Yeah, because you know what she's done, right? So, you know, we both, you know, because we're quite equals in this household, we normally both like sit on the floor around our coffee table and record <laughs> this podcast. What she's decided to do is to get onto the sofa and um, stretch out, spread her legs, act like the Queen of Sheba. Spread, spread her legs. Spread my legs. <laughs> spread her legs. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> it's not that kind of podcast, people. It's not that kind of put not oh, that kind of word. podcast. Just put put her put her legs up and kind of take it easy is what I meant to say. Yeah, put my feet up. Thanks very much. Yeah, just taking it easy. Spreading basically. my legs. Um. So you know. So she's she's relaxed now. She's a little bit less uh, <laughs> angry and mortified as she was in the first half of the podcast. But you know, this this is what we do. You know. I'm relaxing. I got my apology. Life's good. Life is good. Um. For one of us, anyway. All I need now is for you to go and make me some tea. Right. So um, how are we going to start the second off is one of the things I asked uh, some people and friends, family, followers, uh, everyone that listens to this podcast was if they could do us the kind, uh, kind request of um, sharing a review or a rating for our podcast. You know, it's a small thing to ask, I'd like to think, uh, you know. It doesn't take too much effort, I don't think. Yeah, a minute of your time is all we ask. Because, you know, without this... This podcast might even be shut down. Who's going to shut it down? 
the man in it the man the man is going to shut us down fam fuck the man the man is has got it in for us and you know without your reviews your ratings your love you know this podcast might not carry on so all we're asking is if you're uh, a listener on soundcloud or if you subscribe to us on itunes please write us a review please rate us give us a five star i'm i'm literally telling people to give us five stars because well, that's what this we want, a, isn't it? We don't want you to go around giving star. us one stars. Come on, fight yeah. the man. Fight yeah, the exactly. Power. Fight the power, people. And the best way to do it is to review us and rate us uh, on, on iTunes. Uh, so I've asked people <laughs> to do that. Um, and what's happened is I've got a number of people come back to me saying, yeah, I reviewed you guys uh, and rated you guys. But unfortunately, we can't see anything. Did they actually do that then? We've got to take people's words for it uh, and hope that they're kind-hearted nature is enough for us to believe them well i don't know i know the caliber of people that said that they did <laughs> how dare you because they're like my people all of a sudden they looked at as scumbags and you know nonsensical people whereas if it was one someone from your side one of your friends or followers then it'd be like thank you love thank you so much i would say thank you but i know that all of my friends will never do that yeah, because no one, none of your friends listen to this no podcast. No one loves me. No one loves Jojo B. Maybe we need to like put it out to people for next week's episode. If you want to show Jojo B some love, call us. Send us, send us a, send us a little a gesture of love. Slide into our DMs. <laughs> Slide into her DMs. <laughs> Not my DMs. Slide into Jojo B's DMs and say, "I love you." Oh no! Can I you already, do you love me? Oh, I already get too much of that. Not that I love you stuff, but just hello. Hello, can we be friends? <laughs> yeah, show friends. me. Not show even me, friends. Uh, friends. Elbow, show me elbow. <laughs> <laughs> Been sick in my mouth. I like your kneecaps. Can you show me the Please back of your no. knees? <laughs> Stop it! I love um, so yeah, so let um a few of the guys that have actually said they've re- reviewed and rated us. Uh, I will thank now personally. Uh, first of all, the first person to send us a review and a rating is. Isuru Pereira, uh, you know, great guy, DJ on SOAS radio. And um, he's recently been playing uh, uh, the collaboration I've done with the Punjabi Scratch Addicts, the Underground Freestyle. <laughs> so big up, Isuru. Thank you so much for review. And the last person to review us, from what I've heard, is Alessio. Your love. Let's put it out there. Alessio is the man that I love. He's your real love. Yeah. So for those of you who don't know Alessio, which is probably everyone apart from myself and my wife. Uh, I'm sure he's got some friends out there and some family and stuff. Someone must know him. Hopefully those people are listening into this podcast. You just don't want anyone else. To, you, don't want, you don't want to share him, do you? I can't share him, no. It's, it's uh, the thought of somebody else being in his life that's not me fills me with dread. Really. Have you told this story before? I haven't. This is the first time we're sharing the Alessio story. <laughs> <laughs> I think you should t- share this story. All right. So basically, like last year, we, uh, myself and uh, Jojo B, we um, went to Brazil, uh, of all places, and had an amazing holiday. We lived it large. A, an amazing yeah. holiday, amazing experience, awesome place. If you haven't visited Brazil, please do. But on the way there, uh, somehow myself and Mrs. Baracus were separated on the plane. So she had premium economy. Thanks to my lovely uh, job, ex-job. Yeah, she had the other half live, you know. <laughs> but us, us to have to slum it out, basically, in economy. Um, I tried to basically see if I can get uh, a space next to her somewhere in premium economy. They weren't having any of it. I'm an Asian man with a beard. Let's not say more. 
Um, so, but what they did offer me though, they they offered me the seats right at the front of economy. You know, so you had a better seat than me. Yeah, I had all the leg room in the world. So I was loving life. I was like, all right, see you later, love. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, you didn't even look back. No, man, I'd, I'd moved on. I'd moved, moved, literally moved on from her <laughs> because who I was sat next to on this entire 12, 13 hour plane journey was a gentleman by the name of Alessio. Uh, and, and initially, you know, we didn't say anything to each other because, you know, I'm, I'm not the kind of guy that just sparks up a conversation with a random dude on a plane. Because um, you're a Londoner. It's because um, uh, it's yeah. just... Londoners don't talk to each other. Well, not just that. You know, sometimes just people want their privacy. People just want to get on a plane without being chirped up by another person, whether yeah, man or enough. woman. So, you know, I, I sat down on there and because I had the seat that was closest to the uh, the window, it was there wasn't so much leg room. Uh, he kind of noticed that. So he was like, um, well, if there's no one sat on the, on, the, on the other side of us, I can move along and then you can move up. So we both got an equal leg room. Uh, and from there... That little original sentence sparked off a straight 12, 13 hour marathon long conversation between me and Alessio. Before we'd even taken off. So we were sat there for a good like 15, 20 minutes, I think, maybe even half an hour on the aeroplane before it took off. And all I could hear was him laughing his head off. And I was like, who the hell is he talking to on his own? Laughing his head off. Yeah. Turns out it was the love of his life. Yeah, I literally found the love of my life. Uh, you know, there was, you know, what's that, what's that, uh, that old film? Was it A Night to Remember or something? Or was it A Chance Meeting? Or, I can't remember what Which it was called. One? The one where they meet each other on a train and then... Uh, a Brief Encounter. A Brief Encounter. I love that, that film. That's the one. So this was, this was like a, a remake of A Brief Encounter, um, you know, <laughs> via a, a Gujarati British London man and an and Italian London man. And yeah, we we spoke for hours, and we just just got a bond um, that we we've yet to extinguish because we're still always in contact with each other, still you know um, shouting our love for each other across the rooftops. Do you know what? If you left much to the ire no, of Jojo no. V. Do you know what? If you left me for him, I don't think I'd even mind. Really? Because I know that you'd only leave me for him. Yeah, that's very true. That so, is very true. I, you know, I can't really compete with a man, so it's fine. Okay, well, as long as we're in that, you know, we're we're agreed on that. Yeah. Um, and we've accepted that, basically, you know. But yeah, that. we'll big up, you know. Um, so big, don't leave me. Uh, well, you know, don't give me a reason to, won't it? Go at this Newcastle and I won't give you a reason to. All right. Well, anyway, <laughs> big up, Alessio. Thank you so much for reviewing. Thank you. I'll, I'll message you later. Okay, so Jojo B, uh, what's yeah. been happening this week? Oh, it's been an interesting week. Yeah. So, well, let's go in order. Shall we start with the uh, incredibly weird decision by uh, the BBC mm. and Radio 4 to um, <laughs> to read the whole of the Enoch Powell famous Rivers of Blood speech? Yes. From uh, start to finish, they read it out. Yeah, in chunks with like so so they didn't kind of read it all in one go. They just they did it in chunks and they had a bit of like analysis and some kind of sound bites from various people about what their lives were like around that time. There was some some various different um, contributors to that to that whole thing talking about what it meant in their lifetime. Let's put a little bit of backstory to this Uh, for those people who don't know. There might be a lot of people in today's generation that won't have a clue who Enoch Powell is. 
Um, Enoch Powell was uh, as a conservative MP from Birmingham. Didn't really make it to the top of the conservative food chain, um, I think, because he had a lot of detractors within his own party. Mostly because of this speech. Literally, mostly because of this speech, which was actually said at a conservative meeting in April of 1968 uh, in Birmingham. And the repercussions of which led him to be uh, ejected from the conservative party. But as far as I'm concerned, it was a hugely bigoted speech um, with a lot of racist undertone to it. But it, what it did do was it created a, a massive ripple effect that through, went through the entire UK society. Um, numerous protests that came from it. It led to things like the riots. And we had the Southall riots almost like 10 years later. Incidentally, this is actually something that I addressed on my track Stand Strong from the Recipe Mixtape. Uh, where I say, this is the town that held their breath and swam the rivers of blood. The face of Enoch Powell's nightmares, we ruptured the flood. So even though the speech was actually 10 years before the Southall riots, uh, the words were almost seemed like a catalyst for a lot of the events that led up to it. And the repercussions are still continuing further from that day. The, the tonality of this speech almost set a precedent for, th for things like that to happen. And for the rise of the people like the National Front during that period. Um, because we look at that speech and that was 50 years ago and the one thing that really sparked me from from listening to it is how much it resonates today which is why I think Radio 4 decided to do it I think they were trying to draw parallels between then and now and show that actually a lot of the rhetoric that's going on today is very similar to that um, to that speech and that really we haven't moved on as much as we want. In the 90s, there was this movement to be this kind of multicultural haven and everything was going to be great and we were post-racial and all of that kind of nonsense. And actually, it turns out we're not. And we're, we're pretty much right back where we started because the, the right wing is rising and there's more and more of this kind of rhetoric out there in the newspapers, um, on the radio, on the TV. People like Nigel Farage are getting getting a, um, a platform to get their view, views across. They're very divisive people and make the the white population of Britain feel threatened. Yeah, yeah. Feel threatened that their jobs are being taken, that the healthcare won't be as good and you'll not get, um, you're paying all your taxes and, taxes and it's going to um, all of these immigrants that are flooding our country. And it's basically what Enoch Powell was saying at the time. Yeah, He said absolutely. exactly those things. Yeah, it was it's it's crazy when you when you listen back on some of the words and stuff that were used during that speech. You know, he you know, he used the word uh, negro a few times, uh which is just horrendous. You know, you listening to it, it it leaves you chilled in the spine almost hearing some of this stuff. But you know, the one thing that that I um listened back and I and that I took from it was it almost sounded like the words of like a you know like one of these local old madmen. That, that have this kind of, you know, the ones that have like a house that's completely run down and it's wooden and it's all like barricaded up and you tell the kids not to go near it because there's all kinds of horror stories that come from it. And then occasionally he pops out and starts, um, you know, ranting and raving and you know, horrendous things out in public. That's what it kind of reminded me of. There was a lot of scaremongering in that speech. Um, and he did mention a couple of things that I found quite interesting when he spoke about uh, the Sikhs and the community um, and the fact that they're still they're wanting to adhere to their culture um, by still having the turban uh, in the workplaces. And the back of my head, I was like, well, there was 100,000 Sikh soldiers back in World War One that all sported the turban. There wasn't an issue with it then. 
and all of a sudden people have been granted citizenship in the UK and all of a sudden it's a problem for you now. I think there was a lot of that at the time though. I think there was a lot of um, double standards. So yeah. you can fight for us, you can die for us, but you could, don't get to have the same rights as us. Yeah. And that's what, you know, people like my dad who were trade unionists in the 70s, that's what they fought for. They fought for those rights to be able to to have an equal say and an equal part in their workplaces and have the equal rights that everybody else got. Yeah. So um, they fought really hard, long and hard to get those. Yeah. And that's why, and we benefit from that today. That's yeah. why we have the freedoms that we have because of people like my dad and my uncles. Absolutely. And I think, um, you know, if we go back to the actual piece itself, what they were talking about, Amor Rajan was, uh, I guess, the curator of this. And, um, you know, I think what they were trying to do was trying to break up the speech itself and then really analyze it and then go in depth with what, with what he's saying. Um, for me, though, I, I didn't find anything that he said in that speech, you know, not obvious. It was really strikingly obvious. I don't think I needed an analysis to tell me what's being said here, in a way. Do you think that the analysis was even in depth? Well, this is the thing, you know, I, I was reading uh, The Guardian um, and actually quite critical about it. Um, and they said that it was almost um, a racist rant, uh, albeit a historically significant one. Um, and then gave it the status of an intellectual endeavor um, as it was deserving of, of a close textual analysis. I don't think it felt like it was trying to be a masterclass in populism rather, um, you know, rather than actual uh, an actual in-depth analysis of of this uh, of this speech. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think that it. <laughs> It didn't deserve this platform. Yeah. It didn't deserve the recognition that they were trying to give it. That's how I feel. Enoch Powell doesn't deserve that either. And they did try and paint him as an intellectual who, you know, and yes, he was a professor of classics, um, but he also had these horrible views yeah. that he perpetuated and that he encouraged amongst the white population and... They were widely accepted. They were wi- it was widely taken up. That that viewpoint was widely accepted by lots of people, and it was wrong to kind of try and divide the nation that way. Um, and yet, in the speech, he says something about um, actually people from the Commonwealth are welcome because they're adding to the NHS and they make helping it grow. Yeah, so but, they're it's not okay. allowed to, but they're not allowed to live here. Yeah, exactly. So it's okay to kind of have. Indian doctors and African doctors come in and, um, and you know, and Jamaican nurses and stuff come in and build the NHS, but to give them rights and to give them, uh, you know, the ability and the, the right to live here freely, that's not on, apparently, when that's not okay. Yeah. I just find it, I thought, I thought it was kind of contradictory in that way. And I also thought that it was disgusting that people had that view then. But you can kind of say, oh, you know, it was back then. Yeah. So, you know, that's how they thought back then. But that view is becoming more and more popular now again. And then to to fl- inflame that and to fuel it even more by by playing this speech, I think it was just really irresponsible yeah. and unnecessary. Yeah, it's, it sparks that that mindset again. Um, and because that original speech, it was it was a call out to, you know, those a little bit, you know, the weaker minded almost in a way. Um, and what it's doing now with people like Farage and UKIP and during those speeches, especially during the referendum and the Brexit vote, it did exactly the same thing. Um, and those people, all those undercover racists and um, people within those realms of society started popping out. Um, and yeah, because it's aimed at those middle class racists, isn't it? Yeah. Because you're not going to get your average sun reader listening to Radio 4. Yeah. They're going to be listening to something like LBC or something, you know? 
This is for those Daily Mail reading middle class racists. This is exactly the kind of thing that they want to hear. Yeah. And it was aimed at them. And I'm really surprised that Amal Rajan had anything to do with this. Yeah. That's... And I think you can, he's been quite quiet on Twitter. And I think that is very telling. I think in a way, I understand what the concept behind it was. I'm absolutely not a fan of this speech at all. I think it should have been buried in the past together with Enoch Powell. But, you know, what I think what they were trying to do was to really give it an analysis that was going to confront its uh, its rhetoric head on um, and really strike at the core of what was so wrong with it. But I kind of felt that's not wholly what they ended up executing during this show. Yeah, they never um, achieved that. And I think in the end, it just ended up being like a really soft analysis that then didn't really tell us anything and became an excuse to kind of stir up controversy yeah Yeah. um the last note i'll say um which is another um guardian article and a quote from there is to confront the ugliness of the past is not just a right it is a duty and to be reminded of his trickery and his rhetorical tradecraft um yes we do need to understand what's happened in the past but also to show how far we've come as well at the same time and i think when you resurrect these kind of hate-filled speeches uh, all it does is take us 10 steps backwards and some things should have been left in the past. Uh, and I'm glad Enoch Powell uh, didn't live to see what's, you know, become of, uh, you know, multicultural UK today. It's a, it's, a, it's a lot more cosmopolitan. Yes, we've got issues in every facet of society today. But, um, you know, I think our society, especially in London, is a lot better for it because of immigration and because of all the nationalities and the communities we have. Uh, it's a mix um, and that's what makes UK so great. Definitely. Um, well, I think that's actually come to the end of this week's Native Immigrants podcast. Is there anything else you wanted to add, Jojo B? Um, just that I hope there's now going to be some justice for the Grenfell victims. Yes, oh, 100%. Um, now that it's been proven that actually that cladding was the sole reason for all those deaths that I hope that the families of those victims, they can't get their family members back, but they might get some kind of justice now. Yeah. I can't believe it's taken this long to come to a conclusion, which seems so painfully obvious uh, from the start. And it, and it could have saved the lives of hundreds of people. Um, so hopefully it's, it's a small step towards uh, justice for a number of people victims and their families um and it should be sorted out very very soon hopefully all right well thank you so much to everyone that's been listening to today's episode of the native immigrants podcast don't forget to listen in to us on tom robinson's show on bbc6 music this saturday from 9 p.m listen to the whole show listen to some amazing music and you might even hear some outstanding music from our choices <laughs> uh, from 11 p.m onwards a massive massive privilege for myself and jojo b uh, look forward to that on Saturday. Uh, and until next week's episode of the Native Immigrants Podcast, I'm signing off Swami Barakas and Jojo B. See you next week, people. See ya. Peace.